Hey guys, before the show starts, just wanted to give you a quick heads up that the audio quality isn't quite where we like it to be. Rachel was having some audio problems at her end, and unfortunately the Skype call was also messing about, so it's not the best sounding show ever, but the conversation was great fun and we had a lovely guest, so hopefully you'll still enjoy it. Anyway, on with the show! Hey everybody and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. My name is Aid, and I will be your host for this evening. Uh, thank you Graham for uh, leading the show for the last few weeks and thank you again for letting me be a guest last week. Uh, it was nice being a guest on a podcast. I haven't done that for a very, very long time. Anyway, moving swiftly on. This is show number 77 and we have a very special guest today. Uh, Rachel's going to introduce him in a moment. But Graham, first of all, how are you, buddy? Oh, I am doing great, Aid. I am so glad not to be wearing the daddy pants tonight. Um, just the feeling of weight lifted from my shoulder and the knowledge I can just sit back, relax and say, her and ask whenever I want to just to throw things off course makes me feel so happy. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're back taking control. Thanks. <laughs> Moving swiftly on to somebody who hopefully isn't so disruptive. Rach, how are you? Hi, Aid. Yes, I will try not to be quite as disruptive. I'm, I'm good, I'm good. I had a bit of a, um, what I thought was a migraine coming on earlier, but it's okay. Um, I took some tablets and now I'm drinking a, a lovely uh, punk IPA. <laughs> so uh, that'll sort it all out. Um, and yeah, looking forward to having a chat with our lovely guest uh, this evening. Um, he's called Jason Avery. Um, you might also know him as Jay Sargo. Um, on Twitter, he uh, he's been very uh, sort of prolific around with the hashtag #FilmTober and the camera challenge and what have you. So um, it'd be really nice to introduce you to the show. Thanks ever so much for coming on to see us. Um, hello to Jason. Good evening, guys. How are you? <laughs> not too bad. Not too bad. Um, so uh, I believe you're relatively new to the photography uh, world in general. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how that's sort of all uh, yeah, why you've gone straight into uh, film <clears throat> yeah basically i started photography about six six and a half years ago um cut a long story short i got diagnosed with chronic fatigue or me um sort of about 15 years i've had it and um i was quite a lost soul for quite a few years and my photography started yeah about six years ago um i had i bought you too much basically i had about 70 pounds in my pocket never done anything with photography before done a few odd terrible holiday snaps where heads were missing you know overexposure and all this stuff and um that's about it and um i walked past a camera shop called camera world and i walked in there and my my feeling was to buy a camera i don't know i can't tell you why that reason was it just felt right to do and um you know i i, I bought i spent 70 pounds i had on a little point and short digital should i say guys um <laughs> took it home and uh didn't read the instructions man thing to do to get out in the garden and uh, took a couple of terrible shots which i still have today and uh, always look back at my work and um, i instantly fell in love with it totally fell in love with it and um, it, it sort of helped my long-term illness and it brought me back to life 
Um, and yeah, within six months of basically buying that first camera, um, I managed to get persuaded to do my first exhibition, solo exhibition. And uh, yeah, it was a big step, a huge step coming from a long-term illness and being very low and lost as a person and, you know, lost a lot of my lifestyles um, that we had. And um, yeah, and they persuaded me to do it and I'd done it and I sold a couple of pieces of work. And uh, yeah, within about six months to a year after that, I was doing more solo exhibitions and uh, it just went on from there, really. Fantastic. So, yeah, so, um, so when you say you're persuaded to do an exhibition, and who who was it that had come to you and said, "Oh, we've seen"? I presume they'd seen your work and said, "This would be really great if you could if you could do this for us." Yeah, friends and family, really. Um, mm-hmm. I suppose it was a case of just they sort of looked on. They said I had a good key eye for it. I, to be honest, I, I didn't really. I just basically done what I thought was right at the time. You know, I just basically enjoyed the moment. And um, yeah, my my first um, solo exhibition ever was in an alpaca uh, farm of all places. You know, let's be uh, let's be creative. Yeah, classic so, first exhibition space, the alpaca farm. We've all know, thought about doing that. I'm yeah. thinking back to uh, to Thomas Dukes. You know, we were chatting to him from the Open Eye Gallery a few weeks ago when Aid was away. And he was just saying how he absolutely adores the fact that exhibitions can happen anywhere, wherever wherever somebody is that has the will and the imagination to do it, there can be an exhibition. Um, so he was really up for that. And um, and you know why not an alpaca farm? You know that's that's amazing. It is it your own? <laughs> no, it wasn't. Unfortunately, no. It was a, it was a friend of a friend, and um, I was mm-hmm. super super. Um, you know, nervous because I just call fronted John and inside I was a bundle of nerves because it was the sort of first time um, I'd show my work to the public. You know, it's a, it's a huge step because you're putting a bit of your soul on display as such, I think, um, and you're putting your vision on display. And um, at the time, it was a very personal feeling, you know, why do people come in and don't like you? Why do people go, oh, my God, it's terrible, you know, and, and all you get all these comments and you hear these things. What do you do, you know? And uh, but no, no, it uh, went very well when I sold a few pieces to my first couple of clients. And um, yeah, I mean, it just it rolled on from there, really. So a strange place to have an exhibition. Um, but it's always a good talking point. It's a good icebreaker. Absolutely. And, you know, and wh- where do you go from a, an alpaca farm? <laughs> you can only go bigger, I suppose. So it's a zoo next, I presume. A llama farm. Logical <laughs> step. <laughs> of course um so so jason your first exhibition was that uh, was that digital and then you've gone to analog or was that analog one straight off the bat no it was um um it was mainly digital um mm-hmm. I, I spent a lot of time with digital i recently went to film only last year guys so very short period of time um and you're probably gonna ask me probably why you, is that <laughs> yeah go on why <laughs> why god why? damn it why answer the question jason <laughs> okay, so last year, um, doing loads of exhibitions throughout this short period of time of starting photography, I had so many people say to me, um, I don't know, I've done I a couple of few film shots and put them on display, but people kept saying to me, "Is can you still buy film? Is it still available? I thought it was dead. Can you still buy film cameras? And it kept coming up over and over again. I got so sick of people telling me that film is dead. Um, I thought, right, okay, John, I'm going to do something something about this i'm showing people that film is alive um so the first step really was actually um filmtober last year for twitter so i decided to part from my commissions or books for my clients um, i decided to spend a whole month just shooting film 
Now, bear in mind, guys, that I've never really had much experience with film cameras, um, never developed my own film at that time, never, you know, just really just done a point and shoot, and that was it. Um, and I spent a whole month, yeah, shooting film apart from my semi clients' commissions. And, um, and I just fell in love with it, absolutely fell in love with it. Um, you know, it was a totally different style, it made me more creative. And within that month, I developed my first film. And I always remember just taking it out of that tank and going, oh, my God. It wasn't the greatest. I made a few mistakes with a chem mix, uh, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? It didn't matter. It, the feeling of holding those necks up and just feeling like they were alive, my vision had come you know, alive in my hands, um, was a tremendous feeling. So for me, film, yeah, it's only been, uh, what, 13 months. Gosh. And you know you've come you've come so far with that. I mean, from from looking at your website, um, Jason, I can see that actually quite a lot of what you do is um, based around infrared work, not red scale. We had this conversation not with yourself, but um, when I was sending a message to the chaps, I was I was actually quite tired after a, a couple of um, days of uh, long work, and uh, and I was like, oh, he's doing red scale like you did. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, like infrared. Sorry, that like you did aid, and he was like, nope, that was red scale, Rach. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I got a little bit confused. I'm very sorry about that. Perhaps, Jason, you could tell us about your infrared work. Um, any hints and tips? Yeah, I mean, infrared work is something that I've sort of got known for. I don't say it's a trademark. It's something that um, I've been working with for quite a bit of time to just, it's about that creative vision. It's about, I want to make sure my work is different. Um, I want it to sort of not be the norm. Um, I, I'm not a photographer that does sunrises or sunsets. Um, I believe it or not, I don't shoot a lot of colour film, very, very, very rarely. Um, and if I do shoot colour, I'm afraid I do convert it to black and white um, because I like the tonality it can bring. Um, so, yeah, I think it's sort of um, my two main medias are black and white and infrared for sure, definitely. Mm. So, um, I mean, that's that's an interesting step to take as soon as you're going into analogue photography. Presumably, you must have done that relatively recently if you've only been shooting that in the last sort of 13 months or so. Um, how did you end up picking up, you know, um, film for it? Or did it was it a particular, I don't know, um, YouTube tutorial or something that you come across? Uh, what what drew you to infrared? Um, I think the, it drove me because I wanted it to be different. Uh, um, I think my, my, I have a lot of creative visions. Um, and I, the main thing for me is not to walk down um, and see a gallery and go, oh, that looks like a piece of my work. Why should someone invest into me? As, an, as I, I think, you know, a photographer is an artist. I truly believe that. Um, I think it's, it's about standing out. And I think the infrared and black and white for me, I love to see the world more differently than just seeing the colors we see with our normal eyes um mm. i think it creates such a you when you use black and white it strips back the whole world we see and it really creates this timeless piece um and infrared is something very bold and creative and evocative um and it creates this quite surreal world it could be mm. quite fan fantasy like um I believe it's quite difficult to shoot with. I haven't really shot any infrared, so I'd be interested, and maybe some of our listeners would be, if you have any sort of hints or tips or anything that you found work really well, things to avoid. Yeah, I mean, I think um, you know the infrared film. Obviously, you can you can, obviously Alfred does the SFX film, which is obviously black and white. So the coloured infrared film is extremely hard to find. Um, I mean, I've been very lucky to find some, and I shoot it very, not very often, shall I say. Um, 
it's one of those things that you sort of just have to nurture and learn as you go, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's something for me that I love the surrealness. It really creates something that is, you know, what we see of our naked eye every day is amazing. And we're very lucky and gifted to see that. But there's more beyond that, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's different worlds out there. Um, I try to take something that potentially is, you know, a, a quite a potentially normal composition. And I like to put my own twist to it. Um, so I think that the infrared gives that. So, yeah, I think it's, it's it, and also you never potentially get the same tonality ever again. You know, it, it's, it's mm-hmm. one of those things you can get something so wild and so gobsmackingly different um and infrared gives you that so um i know you mentioned before that you hadn't ever done processing yourself and then you did your first role and just that magic kind of seeing that obviously uh, appear for the first time do you also process your own now your own infrared and what have you as well or black and white uh yes i don't press infrared i have that done for me but Mm -hmm. uh, the black and white obviously i do myself yeah i think you know yeah so it's been 13 months since I've developed my own first film. Um, I was nervous as heck, I have to say. You know, I, I, I thought I've, I've been out the whole day or a couple of days shooting this film. <laughs> Nothing comes out of it. You know, it's it's that sort of you know moment of just truth when you open the the reel and hang it up and go, oh, God, there's nothing or is there something there? Um, so, yeah, I've, I think I've... The, the analog photography is really... It's maybe more creative than ever. I think film gives me that... Um, that tactileness, that hands-on approach. I can do anything from film super, I can do infrared, I can do black and white. I'm not in the megapixel battle anymore that mm. I used to be in. As a, as a, as a you know, professional photographer, I was consistently trying to buy the latest technology, you know, 30 million pixels, 50 million pixels. When does it stop, you know? Mm. And, and it's, it, it, it's a different breed of animal. It really is. Um, you know, I develop on my own film and I, I've obviously got my own darkroom now as well in that period of time. Um, and I, I just love it. I just, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a start to finish process and digital does not give you that. So I, I, I thoroughly, um, you know, concur with that. I think that's a lovely way of looking at it and it's that end to end, um, hands on throughout the whole process. That means that it's something, something different of value that you've put into it as well. Um, so tell us a little bit about, um, your Twitter competitions, the hashtag filmtober, because really that's where I first came across yourself, Jason. Uh, it was through that and seeing the community talking about that. Um, how did you come up with the idea for it? How did you come up with the questions for it? And um, how did you feel it went? Uh, good question. Um, I think the thing is, I, I love Twitter in terms of, for me, the analogue community on Twitter is super, super strong. I've never met uh, a community like it um, in the short period of time I've been doing photography these guys are incredible you know I mean they'll give you any hints and tips they'll even I've been offered cameras to be lent by these guys I've never met these people apart from speaking on Twitter and they'll lend me a camera you know or they'll we'll swap some film um, it's just an incredible community and it's lovely to see something that so many people are so passionate about um, and so strong about what they do. So the hashtag come along, I suppose, really for, again, showing people that, um, that film is very much alive and how creative it, you can make it. So I, I thought to myself, well, the film Toba, I done obviously the film Toba last year, and that's what got me into film. 
Um, but it was a different way. The first film Toba last year was about me just shooting film for the month and showing people my progression with it and how I, you know, what I'd done with it in terms of developing, in terms of, you know, shooting with film and various styles of film and experimenting with that. But this film Toba was about getting as many people around the world as involved as possible, you know, and showing, you know, a set amount of questions, excuse me, per day. Um, over a period of a month and just getting people to get involved in it and getting their feedback and how they feel about analog photography. Um, I've got so many ideas for hashtags for Twitter that go on for the next year um, to get all of you guys involved with it because I think it's just such a strong community. And it's really interesting to see people's feedback, good and, good and bad. You know, and um, mm. I think it's, yeah, it's, it, went, it went very, very, it passed my expectations, I have to say. I thought it was absolutely fascinating. You just sort of seeing the different responses that you got from different people and the questions that came up and, um, you know, sort of just different approaches um, and, uh, you know, what was most important to one photographer over another. And it was uh, it was absolutely fascinating to see that. Were, were there any big surprises for you? Yeah, I think it was the amount of people that were involved was my first biggest surprise. <laughs> I expected it to be quite a small community and it suddenly just grew immensely. I was actually, to be honest with you, it was like a part-time job for that month, just answering Twitter <laughs> feedback. I honestly was spending my half my day on the phone, just commenting and, and refeeding it and, and, and just, it was amazing. I loved it. I, I, really, I was actually quite sorry when it finished, actually, um, because it was such a strong feel to get all these people around. I mean, I speak to people around the world on the on twitter and you know and it, it, you, you can talk all, the, all your passions and about and what cameras and when people show their collection of cameras that was fantastic you know some people had just like one camera and then there's these guys with hordes of boxes of cameras you know show, <laughs> tell my wife i've got all these hidden away sort of thing and it was just highly amusing and fun and entertaining however it will be back though film feb is on its way I was going to say what's next. So you, you do a hashtag camera challenge. So tell us a little bit about that. And then obviously film Feb's going to be the next thing. Yeah. Hashtag camera challenge is basically I set a challenge obviously throughout the year. Um, the last one obviously was about reinstating your own version of a famous painting or photograph. Um, we've done things like reflections, um, done a five pound camera challenge as well. I want to show people photography is available to anybody. It really is. I mean, I've, I've shot photographs with a pound camera a free camera up to you know thousands of pound camera and it's not necessarily always about the equipment it's about enjoying it and having fun um so the five pound camera challenge was amazing i really enjoyed that and again that went around the world and it was just really fun entertaining and some people were so surprised what they got from a five pound camera um and the results they achieved so yeah so that goes on and so we've got obviously we've got at the moment we've got film cam battle going at present so that's actually running um, until the middle of December. And what's that about? <clears throat> uh, basically, what that is, is I've chosen 64 cameras, which was very, very difficult to do. Uh, <laughs> Are these from your own personal collection, Jason? <laughs> I, I shan't show you. I won't tell you how many cameras I do have. It's, <laughs> yeah, lucky I have half downstairs. Um, but yeah, I mean, basically what I do is I chose 64 cameras. Um, and each day there's four cameras. And only two of those cameras can go through to battle another camera later on so at the end of the month basically after everyone's voted for those two cameras each day they think's the best ones there'll only be one victor at the end um and so it's just a bit of fun you know and people going oh well, i've got one of them please vote for my camera vote for the om3 or <laughs> vote for 645 it's my baby you know and um yeah it's just a bit of fun and just with enjoyment you know it takes very little time to get involved 
Um, but again, it just gives that community feel, and I, I just love that. What analog gives, I I didn't get that from digital photography. I, it was very much of oh, I've got the latest camera, mine's better than yours, and I've got a, a newer lens, and I just got so so fed up with it. You know, it was. I don't get that from, you know, I can walk around with a camera that costs me five pounds and I don't get questions what it is. I, it's about enjoying it, you know, and yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's good fun. Good fun. Um, and uh, talking of the community and analogue and, you know, being supportive, uh, obviously I saw that you were looking at, um, sorry, that you were part of a sort of partnership with Silvera um, and that you were obviously doing a lot of um, support work with them as well. Um that you've been out shooting with some of their films. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about how that's been going and how I'm it came about. I'm super psyched about this, I'm afraid. I really am. Um, so basically, obviously, they uh, obviously see Filmtober and we had a, a you know, direct message chat um, and they wanted to support the idea of what I was doing. So um, they offered a camera as a prize um, and obviously that was great. So one lucky person won that throughout the Filmtober month. Um, he's received that and he's over the moon. It was his birthday that month as well. So that was a great month for that chap. Um, I saw he had a lovely handwritten letter from them as well. And uh, it all was just so beautifully put together, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, these guys, I mean, uh, what I love about Silberia Film is their passion. Um, I love anyone that's got a passion for what they do. And these guys have got it, you know. I mean, unfortunately, you know, obviously they're, they're obviously Indiegogo at the moment, and I'm really trying to help them to push to get as many people to support these guys because obviously I've only been using their film for the last couple of weeks, um, you know. So, you know, so, yes, yeah, so it's these. You know, let's go back to film, Toby. Sorry, before I talk about that. Um, yeah, so basically they got involved, and obviously they sent obviously cameras a prize because they wanted to support it. Then this, they offered some film for the second person that got involved with hashtag Filmtober. So, you know, we sort of got started with that. And then it sort of grew a relationship together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't tell you what's going to happen in the future just yet. Um, but watch this space. That's um, exciting. Ooh. Yeah, um, Actually, Graham and I have been uh, chatting to Constantin um, uh, just just earlier, actually, uh, a few days ago, and we put out a, se- a separate little show um, just t- talking to him about um, the, the various things that were happening with Silbera. So it's really nice to get your perspective on things as well and what you've been up to with that partnership. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, these these guys, obviously, you know, they've obviously, I think that their, their film, I mean, obviously they sent the film to me recently, um, I was very lucky to get it for most people. And I was super excited to go out and shoot with it. Um, obviously, they sent me their own developer as well. Um, never used that before. So I was like, oh, God, why don't I make a mistake? You know, I've only got a select amount of roles here. And if I bodged them up, I'm going to cry. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's super important we got it right. Um, so, yeah, so we, they sent some film for me to test. Um, I've just started putting the results up. Um, the last couple of days and I have to say you know I mean I'm, I'm an avid fan of certain film brands I have to say I have some we all have our favorites um, and what suits us as a tool for the, you know for our photography um, but I've been using the pan 50 so far of their film and the pan 160 and I, I'm very impressed I have to say um, the pan 160 for me is is super good um, the, the, the contrast and the tones I'm not editing this work I'm literally just shooting it scanning it and putting it straight onto twitter um and the quality of the emulsion is really really good as well i mean without saying certain brands some of them curl when you develop them some of them you know uh, will have watermarks on which are hard to get off blah 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 um Mm -hmm. but i have to say with this Siberia film we're not getting that 
it's dead straight, no watermarks. He did make us laugh, actually, because um, when we were chatting the other day, he said that one of their very first attempts at it, um, the actual image on the emulsion entirely slipped off the substrate and it was just floating around as an image on top of the chemical in the tank i'm assuming that it, we've moved on from that point yeah absolutely yeah i mean obviously i've um i've got some more of the film coming soon shall we say um so i i really want to i want to really experiment with this film um and show people its capabilities um you know i mean i've only set it i've shot it at box speed and developed it there's no standard developer um i have to say so far it's extremely promising um the blacks are blacks and white to white um you know i mm. but i want to push and pull it i want to you know uh, filter it i want to do other things with it and um just show people its capability i think you, you sort of like picked up on that that the, there is a I guess a responsibility when you become a sort of partnership or an ambassador for something um and uh you know every sort of choice you make i.e do you push it do you pull it do you try something new with it and what do you shoot it on you know which cameras do you put it in that kind of thing i saw on your website you're also a manfrotto ambassador and i just wondered what does that mean what does it mean being a brand ambassador and what does that entail okay um i was very lucky um to have the men photo ambassadorship i was doing an exhibition just under two years ago in a certain location and um you always get these people coming to you and usually the first questions are is what camera do you use um i could do that and so on and so on you get all these sort of questions given to you um but this gentleman walked in he said to me uh, what tripod do you use and i'm thinking what a bizarre question what no one in all my time i've been doing this has asked what tripod <laughs> why would you ask that so I, I said to him i use a you know i actually used a gitso tripod at the time an old gitso tripod um and he went great choice um and he asked which one it was so i said it's so and so model um he said what ball head do you use and i'm thinking why are you asking me these questions i mean all the things to ask me you know and ask me about a tripod um so i told him what i had and he went Oh, okay. He said, um, he looked at my work, he said, I really love your work. He said, it's, it's really different and really unusual. Um, ever thought about becoming an ambassador? I was like, well, I'd love to become an ambassador. I mean, I, I'm here, I'm ready to go. Uh, <laughs> and we had, yeah, cut a long story short, obviously we got in contact and um, basically now there's only 54 people in the world that have got that ambassadorship and I think I'm the 55th. <laughs> I'm very lucky. Um, all the guys that have got it have been photographers sort of 20 years plus um and obviously i've only been doing it for a very short period of time um so i'm very very lucky and very honored to have it so in terms of what i do for them i'm very lucky i do get i don't say all the goodies i want <laughs> sorry <laughs> guys um, so I, I do get they're very lucky to have all the sort of you know very nice tripods and heads and bags um but at the same time obviously i have to promote the brand as much as i can um you know i do a lot of camera club talks and obviously so on i do try and promote the brand as much as possible, because I do believe the Gitso tripods, they are reasonably expensive, but I have to say they're extremely good quality um, and they've never let me down. I use them as walking sticks, depth gauges for mud <laughs> in the marshes, whatever they need to be done. So they do get through their paces. Um, and one thing they wanted from me is to make sure that I used it and abused, not abused it, but, you know, used it to as much potential to show them how good it is and how robust it is. Um, and obviously at the same time, obviously if there's work come up that's obviously suitable for my, my style, they'll get in touch with me and I work for them. So uh, right. yeah, it's a sort of, it's, it's, a, it's a very nice thing to have um, and I'm very lucky to have it. Excellent. I mean, um, as you were saying, you put in, putting the equipment through its paces and things because really a lot of your work, it's 
it's landscape, isn't it? It's based around sort of generally being outside in the natural world. What is it particularly about that subject matter that speaks to you? Um, I suppose for me, when I first started photography, I had to sort of, I wanted to find a theme that suited me. Um, I didn't want to just do photography for the sake of, I could have gone down the road and people said, why don't you do weddings? Why don't you do portrait shots and this and that? Um, it has to come from the heart. It has to come from me that I want to be lucky and enjoy what I do. Um, and I've always loved Mother Nature. I think, you know, the, the world we live in, unfortunately, we do destroy a lot of it. But I think, you know, we have so much beauty out there. Um, and it had to, you know, I did a bit of walking and it had to be landscapes because I just love what Mother Nature offers. Um, so I chose landscapes and, um, but I, you know, at the same time, I sort of, my styles have changed and progressed over the years and I always will do. Um, I think at the moment I'm working currently on an urban landscape project, which is very, very different to the marshes that I would normally work in. Um, and I'm really enjoying that, really enjoying it because it's so different. Um, you know, because it's very architectural, it's very grimy and dirty and straight edged and you know it's it's so different to what I would normally do um so I think we need to do things like that and that's why I do a lot of the challenges and you know the hashtags because it gets people involved and gets them thinking um because we can always come stagnant at some point we can always you know we always get stuck and go oh gosh my work's not good is it good is it not what am I doing with this I'm, I've got a moment of blockage I can't figure out what to do um so I think I try to always think of ideas that keeps it fresh excellent and so um Jason um just to kind of like wrap up really where where would you send people to uh, to look at your work yeah I guess obviously my website which is jzargo.com um is obviously the first point of call um I've just had a meeting with a, a brand new restaurant today and my work is obviously where I live locally is now going to be going in there in a couple of weeks so that's very good oh congratulations uh, that's lovely thank you, thank you. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, you know, my website's probably my first point of call or Twitter, obviously, Jay Zargo. Um, so, yeah, that's my sort of first two point of calls. Everyone wants to look at my work. Thank you so much for uh, for the chat. Um, Graham, Aid, um, are there any extra questions for uh, for Jason? Uh, I, I, actually, yeah, I've got a question um, because, for one thing, I can absolutely guarantee that, like, probably most of our listeners at the moment are really feeling very embittered um because i mean you you're the last six years of your life you've really made things work with photography obviously you said you got your first exhibition after was it six months um yes. and you've managed to build a business and um and you know and get the ambassadorship do you mind if i ask what did you do before before your illness what was your career path and, and is it something that's um influence the way that you've managed to build a business because it's really impressive to me that in a brief period of time you've managed to do this um and your work is very distinctive i mean especially your infrared work really is uh, very beautiful stuff but that said landscape photography is a well-served industry and the fact that you've managed to carve out um something in there in that fairly short space of time is really impressive so is there anything in your past that has given you a bit of an edge with this um good question i suppose really um i was a retail manager um for for a period of time i suppose some of my retail skills in terms of that have been passed on to the business um if also my photography um i think really it comes to my heart again and i'm not going to go on about it and bore you guys too much about it but um when I got diagnosed with a, I was a very high paced job as a retail manager. Um, when I got ill, I lost everything. I hit rock bottom. Um, I, I you know, 
give you a sob story, but I lost my house and everything I everything we worked for as a family, we, we lost. Um, and I hit rock bottom for a long time. I was bedridden for a year. Um, you know, I couldn't do anything. It took me four to five years to get out of bed and get downstairs and be able to go and wash the car was a big achievement for me. So I had to really sort of find myself again. Um, and then in that period of time, obviously over those years, I sort of got back on my feet. It's something I still have to manage today. I still have to manage my illness. Um, and photography luckily gives me that. Um, but I think photography, it, it, it brought me back to life, if that makes sense. Um, I, I found it and it found me. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about it. I can't, if I could turn back time and someone says to me, Jason, what would you do as a career? Um, and you could do anything you want. It would be a photographer. You know, I, I absolutely love what I do. And hopefully that shows in my passion and my work that I, you know, show in terms of my photography. Um, I think it strives me and keeps me going. I think it's, I've got so much creativity and vision where I want to take my work um, to show people that photography is an art form. You know, I hear so many people going lots of exhibitions and galleries and people saying, oh, photography is not art. And I, I get sick of it because it is an art form. You know, we spend hours, I spend hours and hours on, on landscapes, come back with zero shots sometimes or two or three or whatever I need to. I don't shoot for the sake of shooting. I've always never been trigger happy. I've always called it Zen photography. So I only take what I think is right. Um, and I think, you know, I've always stuck with that ethos. Um, and I think it's it's something that I just love from day one of buying that camera in that shop, um, that little point and shoot. And ever since, I've never looked back. That's awesome. It's it's amazing what a recurring theme that seems to be lately of mm. almost the restorative healing powers of um, photography in general, whether it's analog or digital. Um, and especially for people who clearly had latent creativity that was kept suppressed for years in jobs that just didn't allow it to be expressed and then when it can finally come out it's like ah yeah it's it's all here and just <laughs> yeah, like, comes out in a rush you know as a job when i was a retail manager i had no my creativity was about making sure the books worked up you know and everyone was working and the staff working correctly and a budget over my head and blah 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 so i always loved art at school and that was it and i never done anything with it i've always loved art and, and, and creativity i've always find a passion for it and it just got lost you know, a family coming along and, you know, and bills and all the normal stuff we have day to day. And um, and I think, yeah, the photography just, it's, it's allowed me, and especially analog photography, you know, it, the, the film side allows me to be so creative. You know, I can I can film super film, you know, I can do black and white, I can do colour, I can do infrared, I can do all the developing times, I want to push it, pull it, whatever I want to do with it. It really is such a creative um you know tool to have and I, and I think anyone wants to try photography you know you're, you're never too old to start you're never too young you know I think it's and you know and let's show people that film is is alive guys it really is more than ever yeah absolutely I I, I um read something recently which uh com compared um analog photography in particular to um was it film noir and jazz uh, and to that statement i would like to say jog on <laughs> film <laughs> photography is not that film photography is for anyone and everyone and yeah. is going to be everywhere yeah absolutely you know uh, i think that and as i say like, that's one of the things that strove me to do and more than anything because i was so fed up with people saying you know it's dead can't, can I buy film? Can I still get developed? All the same normal questions you hear every day, you know. And uh, yeah, so within a year, I've gone from you know a little point shoot to thirty-five mil to large format. Um, and you know, I just yeah, I've got a quite a 
reasonable collection of cameras, shall we say. Uh, n- never enough. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> always buy more. Um, but um, yeah, I-, I love it. Thank you. Um, I mean, li- listening to that is, uh, you know, it, it makes me, um, it- 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 there-, there is a thing at the moment, isn't there, about the power of photography. Um, uh, I- I- it, may- it always makes me feel like a bit of a photography lightweight because I don't think I've ever had a life-changing event as a result of my own <laughs> photography. <laughs> but I'm kind of, uh, and I don't know whether to, uh, to-, to-, to envy or not people, people who've had that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's certainly, uh, thank you, uh, Jason, for sharing the story. Story, um, and sharing the thinking behind it um, uh, that's the other thing that always impresses is me when people do actually have that amount of thought that goes into their photography because uh, I don't get that for myself either <laughs> uh, you sell yourself short even worse than I do and, and also I would just like to point out because it's the most obvious thing if it wasn't for your photography and your love of photography you would not have been in Bhutan for these last few weeks so you know all right okay all right well uh, yes and uh, and uh, the good news is is that i've got some photos out of that as well but uh, i will we'll talk about more of that that uh, on a future show when i've had a chance to sort them through um and then um uh, do you know what um let's have a break and i'm going to come back with the strange story of something that happened to me this weekend Okay, all right, so we went to a break and I promised you a story. So this is a thing that happened to me, a true story that happened to me, uh, was it yesterday? Uh, no, it was Saturday, actually. It was Saturday. I had a, a family party to go to on Saturday. Uh, happened, it seems to happen a lot. There's always a nephew or a niece that's having a birthday party of some sort. Anyway, um, I happened to be at a family do on Saturday and uh, I was asked to put together a slideshow, albeit on a television rather than actual slides, a slideshow of my photographs from Bhutan and come and get the family together around the TV to see my photos and so that I could tell the story of my trip. Okay, hands up, because this is audio, so hands up's going to work really well. Hands up, who has ever been asked to put on a show of their own photos? by their family in this case this just to put the icing on the cake it was my mother-in-law that asked me to do that wow i have to say absolutely not no, no. neither have I. I, I i've they're normally I've the ones asked. being dragged around in the background going oh for god's sake stop taking photos reach so uh, yeah. that's normally the approach <laughs> I, I, i've been asked to stop sharing my photos with family so <laughs> <laughs> okay i don't think i've ever been asked to stop but uh it's um i've certainly never been asked to put together an uh, an event for the family to share my photographs so did you so, put a music track on it as well aid did you did you choose your music i have well i haven't it? done it yet this only i was oh. only asked on saturday lunchtime so i i haven't done anything about it um that's not a bad idea some sweet transitions as well some good star wipes oh you've got to have some good star <laughs> wipes in the raid if you don't i will be disappointed well if there's any room in between the ken burns effects i'll see what i can squeeze in. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to put at least one of them in upside down just for some old school charm or like my dad always did yeah it's like um yeah put them in back to front so they yeah. sort of look okay but but you're like no, there's something wrong with it. That doesn't look right. That doesn't look right. And then you notice, like in the background, there's a car registration plate that's back to front. Or something. <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe I should see if anybody notices. <laughs> okay, all right. That was just a, a little funny story of uh, something that happened to me this week. But um, uh, well, I tell you what. Let's let's ask what's been going on, Graham. What's been going on with you this week? Well, as usual, a big um, old dose of sod all for the most part. But we did get an email from our good friend Neil Piper. Now, Neil sent me um, three links to three because there's an awful lot of these things at the moment to three Kickstarter campaigns. Now, the first one was for the Resivo camera back, um, uh, which is instant, interesting enough. It's an instant camera back, but that's been talked about elsewhere, and I, I don't really care about that. You know, go and check it out if that's the thing you're interested in. Um, one of them was for um, uh, actually this would be perfect for uh, you, Rachel. You were saying you wanted some uh, lovely clothing to <laughs> stick your patch on. It's oh, yes. um, a, a nerd camera jacket. Um, uh, it's basically like a waterproof jacket with pockets, but they go, it's for photographers. So <laughs> whatever. That sounds great. Um, well, I can't see that link. Where's that? Oh God! Yeah, sure. Um, but the third link, oh, is, and this is it's a Kickstarter for something called Bright Rooms, and I was like, oh my God, this we have to talk about. So Bright Rooms is this project um, in London, I think in Peckham, um, on whichever side. Of, what, what side of London is Peckham made? And that's where <laughs> only fools and horses is. That's true. It's it's South London. South London. Okay, so they are putting together an open access dark room um this kickstarter is so cool because uh, I, i'm going to relate a a, a um, very short thought process i went through over this last week so um as listeners to this podcast may or may not know um i have been trying and failing to learn guitar for about a year now and christmas is coming so um my better half was saying you know what do you want for christmas and so i've been looking on the guitar shop website thinking, oh what can i get maybe i can get some like cool pedals and looking at amps and stuff like this and um watching all these videos of people playing them and the realization just dawned that what I'd really like is to be able to play like the people in the video. So I ended up saying to my partner, actually, what I'd like is just some guitar lessons. Just pay for me to learn something because there's so much stuff. And we've talked about loads of Kickstarter campaigns for getting stuff. And this Kickstarter campaign isn't for getting a stuff. It's for creating a thing. It's for creating this dark room for people to use. Um, and, you know, what they really want to do is bring printing up to the new the new generation of photographers and make it as accessible as possible to everybody um they want to make it so you can do all sorts of different printing there so color printing black and white lith just a real hub for creativity um it's well worth checking out uh the it's um it's what is it kickstarter it's just called the bright rooms the reconstructed dark room um they've got loads of really cool rewards so obviously if you live in london this is a no-brainer because they're doing um master classes there and workshops and you can um uh, sign up to um like subscribe to just being able to use the dark room but also if you just think that film photography is awesome and you want to support uh, the creation of something new and cool, they've got loads of really good rewards, loads of really awesome pins, um, uh, prints by people, loads of different people. Um, there's just so much stuff. It's a really worthwhile Kickstarter that everybody should check out. There is one of my favorite things on their Kickstarter page is they've got a video where they're just um it's only short but they're chatting to a photographer called charlie phillips who i wasn't familiar with until i saw this and then i was like oh this guy's great and went and found him on instagram um and he's just chatting about what 
using the dark room means to him and it's just a goddamn delightful video um and if that doesn't make you want to get in the dark room i don't know what will you know he's chatting about getting in there and how it's like his yoga and he's listening to Jimi hendrix whilst he's printing his pictures and you know this is not a young chap chatting away here and it's just great so um yeah go and check out the bright rooms kickstarter page and you know chuck them some money because this is a thing that should exist in the world they're not after tons of money um but it would be such a wonderful thing to have created um just to know that it's out there and there's all sorts of awesome rewards that can be appreciated whether you live in london or in bhutan or wherever you know like i said there's loads of awesome prints and stuff like that so and obviously if m's listen or, or any other reclusive billionaires you can also what's the most you can um donate i mean i'm sure you can donate as much as you want, but if you donate um like five thousand five hundred pounds you're a lifetime member and they'll engrave your name on a table or an enlarger or something and it'd be great so um just download donate a load of money because you're loaded so there you go um so yeah check that out everybody uh that's been my week is being really pleased to find that thank you very much neil for pointing me towards that that sounds pretty cool actually i'm looking at their uh kickstarter now they uh, they seem like a, a fun bunch of people <laughs> Yeah, they really do. I, I I like um, what was it one one of the pledges, one of the uh, early pledges, um, is, is the one about for... choosing a print that will piss him off. <laughs> exactly, choose something obscure <laughs> just to piss him off. Yeah, I I really appreciate that. Um, but you know they've got they organising a, a Caffeinol club, um, and it said they'll be uh, our very own coffee brace developer, and there'll be pastries too. So you know, I mean, who doesn't want to go to a dark room? where they do capital and have pastries to eat. Sounds amazing. <laughs> cool. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, Graham. Uh, Rach, what's your news for this week? Uh, yep. Uh, thanks also from me, Graham, because that is obviously very dear to my heart, all of these kinds of things uh, with reconstructing dark rooms. Um, I think uh, it can only, be, can only be a good thing. Uh, so this week, my news is I've been working on some future proposals. Uh, there's Science Week coming up in March, so I've been busy putting in uh, various sort of ideas and things for, for that. Um, workshops and things I might be able to do. Um, interesting venues, maybe not on alpaca farm, but uh, <laughs> uh, but maybe some libraries. Um, I uh, so, Sorry, Jason, what was that? It's a good experience. <laughs> it is, yes. Maybe I should do that. Oh, I yeah, see. Maybe that's the next thing. Yes, definitely. Oh, my brain's working now. Um, I also picked up a new camera because obviously I need another new camera. Um, I got a Minolta AF from the charity shop and I brought it along. Let me have a look. Right, I'm just going to open it up now. Okay. I'll wind it on for you. That's my shutter. <laughs> pretty good right i was very much enjoying that so it was actually completely filthy when i picked it up but i thought you know i'll just sit on the bus and i'll give it a good clean so i got a few strange looks unsurprisingly <laughs> sitting on the bus with all with all of my uh, my camera cleaning gear sort of like i'll get this one out of my mary poppins bag and then this one <laughs> and try that. That, um, rachel i was at um, a big city a couple of weeks ago and i was sitting on a bench outside um, one of the big coffee shops and um, I was loading film in the back of my camera and this lady stopped and she said to me, excuse me, can I ask a question? I said, yeah, of course you can. And she said to me, is that real film you're using? <laughs> what do you say to that? Of course it is. <laughs> what is it going to be? <laughs> uh, <laughs> film. Oh, God. Film. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh. she-cut. <laughs> <laughs> 
we're going to have to bleep you out as well now, Jason, off the show, aren't we? <laughs> what, for saying you're Sheikah? Yes. <laughs> Don't you start, Aid. Uh, 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 oh, bless. That's really nice. So, I mean, like you said before, it does start conversations, doesn't it? And uh, I always find it very nice. So what did you say to her? Did you say yes? I and said yes. I said yeah. Of course, it's real. I said yes, it's real film. She said you're using. It. I said well, yeah, of course I am. And, <laughs> um, and she said, can you still get it developed? And all the questions come out. You know, where to buy it? I'm like, oh, I might get a dictaphone and just play it when someone asks. <laughs> I, I love that. Can can you still get it developed? No, I just like to shoot it and then throw the rolls of film in the river because. <laughs> duh. You'd be surprised, though. I mean, you know, I, I, you know, having been out on my trip in Bhutan, that everybody at some point, you know, they were all digital shooters. They all showed a little bit of interest at some point. And, and people do ask that. It's like, well, where, where? It's not so much can you, but where do you get it delivered? It's like, well, there's loads of labs. <laughs> it's just like you could send it to one of those. And, and, and it's things like, so, so, you know, don't you get to see your images? Like when you're on, no, no, I have to send them off to the lab. <laughs> when I was doing um, hashtag camera challenge, we was doing movements. And um, I went down to a local skate park. All these kids were doing these amazing tricks. I mean, what they can do on these scooters is incredible. And um, so all sort of about, uh, I suppose, probably from the age of 7 to 13, 14. So I asked these guys, I said, can I you know, photograph you while you do all your tricks for my hashtag camera challenge? And they said, yeah, that's cool. Go ahead. So I'm obviously shooting away on my, on my film camera, my F3 at the moment, you know, taking the shots. And... Um, a couple of kids come along and say, can I see the shots? Can I have a look at the video? I was like, well, there is no video. It's a film. Well, what do you mean? Where, where's, the, where's the screen? <laughs> there is no screen, you know. And I had to explain to them what, how it worked. You know, it was, yeah, it's, it's, it's strange, very strange. What kind of uh, what kind of camera did you shoot that on? Uh, uh, that was an F3. Ah. Nick on F3. Um, one of my favourites, I have to say. 35mm is one of my favourites, definitely. That sounds like a good choice to me, actually. I should speak up for Nikon, being that I'm the Nikon shooter in this little group of people. I think Nikon cameras are awesome. The lenses especially. The older lenses are amazing. Yeah, I've got... I've got. Actually, I, I tend to shoot the AFD lenses, which are a bit newer, I guess, aren't they? But uh, yeah. I, 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 I need to... I, I, I need to uh, stump up the cash for some decent lenses for my Nikons. Uh, but... Uh, uh, but then again, I could always just spend that money having great experiences instead. <laughs> <laughs> this is true um so uh coming back to my little minolta af um i uh i cleaned up took it out and went to the mersey meetup that we mentioned um a couple of weeks ago uh, there's a chap called uh stig um who is on twitter as at stig underscore of the dump and he'd organized a, a mersey meetup which is basically for analog photographers to come along and have a chat and shoot some stuff and go basically go to the pub and have some drinks afterwards, which was lovely. We did have some tea in between. It was all very civilised. Um, and we had a massive range of different uh, different cameras. There were Canons, there was Yashikas, uh, but it was a lovely Yashika TLR, actually. Uh, there was even a Bronica, there was a Leica, there was an Autocord, um, there were two Minolta's because there was an SLR Minolta and there was my little AF Minolta. And um, I also took along my Instax Wide uh, 300 with with a pack of the monochrome um, film. So my my friend had brought that over from New York for me. Uh, so I got that for my birthday, if you remember. And I hadn't sh- had a chance to shoot anything with it. 
um, hadn't had a chance to shoot it by that point. So I thought, well, this is a perfect opportunity. I'll take that along. I also took along the split cam, uh, Graham. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> and um, and my little Olympus XA, because obviously I couldn't just take, you know, two cameras. I had to take four. <laughs> Why not? Um, I did actually only shoot with the Minolta and with my Instax wide, actually. So I know split cam will have to be another day. Was it because you were worried that if you took it out with with all those other photographers there, they would have been super jealous and tried to steal it. Well, they totally would have, obviously. Um, but uh, because it's bright yellow, I would have definitely been able to track it down. <laughs> you know, there's no losing it, unfortunately. I tried to chuck it in the mezzi. Now I'm joking. Um, of course I didn't. Um, moving it moving on, moving float, on. The, the important thing float. about all of this, the important <laughs> thing about all of this is is the Instax wide mono. I really, I'm, you know, okay, so I saw your little, your pictures, uh, yeah, yes. but they were only on my phone. So, so tell what's it like in real life? Is it good? Fab. Absolutely fab. I'm t- I am totally in love with it. Um, there's, there's just something about it that even more than, you know, the colour. I look at the colour ones and I, I, I really like shooting with the Instax wide um, colour because for the kind of events and things I do, when I'm using Rosie, the caravan as my photo booth and all of those kinds of things, I need to make sure that it's at least reliable. Um, so... Obviously, when I was using things like the Impossible Project film uh, versus the Instax um, wide, obviously, there's other things to take into account, like the price point and what have you. Um, but it was always very reliable and the colours were really good. Um, so I thoroughly enjoyed using that. And I will still continue to use the colour for, for those kinds of things. Um, but the monochrome is just beautiful. You know, it's, it's totally stolen my heart. I absolutely love it. Um, the tones were fabulous. Um the uh, you've got the full range, you know, right from very very bright white, all the way down to beautiful deep blacks and everything in between. So, um, obviously, when we went out for the uh, Mersey meetup, it was walking around Liverpool, um, and there's a lot of beautiful beautiful architecture in Liverpool. So, it seemed to work specific, particularly well for architecture, I think, um, and uh, and really that's one of the things one of the subjects that i absolutely love shooting so for me it was a perfect kind of combination of um a film that i think is just beautiful it's it's still got that lovely softness um but you still you still have the detail so i know that's a bit of an oxymoron but you, you kind of it's a good balance between the two for me um and uh, and yeah i just think it is really nice i i kind of messed up the first shot well it was a bit it was just a bit meh you know, um, I, I was too excited about the fact that I would finally met, met with the group, got my uh, my uh, uh, film loaded up in the camera. I was like, I just want to shoot something now, anything. <laughs> um, so uh, I took my first shot and probably just I hadn't quite waited for the right moment. So uh, uh, so I was a bit like, oh, well, never mind. But at least it gave me a, a chance to see kind of what was coming out of it. Um, and then the next sort of four that I did, I th- I really love. Um, and then there was one which I'd gone, we'd gone and sat down and had a drink by this point. So I'd come out <laughs> and decided that, yeah, this will be a good shot to take. I tried to go for a sort of um, uh, an advent calendar kind of look because there's a lovely place in Liverpool called the Blue Coat, uh, Blue Coat Chambers. And it was beautifully lit up with all the like Christmas lights and all the, um, the lights in the windows. And it just looked gorgeous. So I thought, oh, I'll take a shot of that. Yeah, the camera just cannot deal with it, unfortunately. It came out pretty much entirely black. Um, but at least I know now, you know, what the uh, what the sort of uh, restrictions are with with that film. And uh, and yeah, the the others came out really nicely. And I was very, very pleased with that. So 
I am a big fan. You may have been able to tell. <laughs> How many slots do you get per pack, Rachel? Is it ten? Yes. So um, with uh, with these, you get ten shots in a pack, and this this particular uh, pack came from Best Buy in America, which at the moment I think still may be the only place you can get it. There may be others that I've I've not yet heard about. Hopefully, it'll be over here soon. But it was uh, from Best Buy, and I think it was about fourteen dollars or some fourteen yeah dollars I think something like that um so uh because it was on sort of some sort of like initial offer or what have you I imagine it'll be a little bit more than that um when it fully comes out properly um so yeah so you get obviously half kind of half the shots that you'd get um if you were shooting it as the color in stacks wide but do you know what I don't care really obviously if I could get more for my money brilliant but um I will definitely keep those as sort of a, a super special um, shots to take. So, yeah. Good That's stuff. very cool. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I, I really like the results you got with it. They, uh, I want to get my hands on some of that stuff. Still no word on it coming to the UK, though. So, no. oh, Fingers crossed. Let's hope so. Yeah, better had do. I don't want to have to like do one of these web services to get a, a USA address and stuff like that, just to get some film. Can I say actually, everybody who was there at the uh, at the meetup absolutely loved it as well. They were just totally fascinated by it. I think they thought it was some other um, old camera to begin with, and I was like, no, it's the Instax wide. So um, you know, with with the SLRs and the TLRs and and the Leicas and what have you, and then with my Instax wide, we we kind of pretty much covered the whole range. I mean, there were only seven of us in the group. It's still pretty good turnout, I think, really. But um, we no, I think we had about 15, 15, 16 cameras between us. <laughs> that's quite funny sorry sorry jason oh, was that was that the first meetup wasn't it uh, the first one isn't it yes i believe so and uh and there were um lots of people afterwards sort of online saying oh fantastic let's find out when the next one will be so i think the general plan is maybe we'll do it uh once a quarter or something so uh... Uh, out of all the cameras there rach which one did you most want to steal <laughs> Well, I was shooting with main stacks wide monochrome, so I was quite pleased with that, to be honest. Um, do you know, I would I would go for possibly the Bronica, because I don't have one, and I know how lovely they are and how much you both enjoy yours, so I probably would oh, go for that. All the cool kids have got one. Yeah, apparently so. And, and me. <laughs> yeah. And Dave. Jason, do you have fans. a Bronica? <clears throat> um, I don't, but I would have gone for the Lycra M6, I'm afraid, guys. Would you? I would, yeah. Well, you know, some of us are just a cliche. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's my news anyway. Thank you very much for uh, for letting me uh, update you with that. No, mm. it sounds, sounds good. Sounds good. All right. So, uh, well, let, let's let's come back to me then, because I have a little bit of an announcement to make. OK, go so, on then, Aid. What's your this, news? This is my news. This, this is my news this week. I am starting a new podcast. What? <gasps> what? What sort of bullshit is this, eh? <laughs> Goes off for three weeks and then pulls this kind of stunt. Oh, no, no. So this, this is an additional podcast. I am not leaving you to look after Sunny 16. <laughs> is this the Sunny 17 podcast? <laughs> it's one better. Oh, no, no, six, 16 and a half. No, sure. <laughs> No, no. Okay. All right. Let's so so let, let's get this clear. So um, the the uh, the you, you may have meant, noticed, lis, dear listeners, that I actually was guested on uh, a podcast whilst I was away. Although I, I think it came out maybe just after I got back. Uh, it was, of course, uh, the photography tips from the top floor podcast hosted by Chris Marquardt, who is the uh, it was also the host of my trip to Bhutan, or one of the two hosts. 
Uh, and he and I got talking while we were away and um, uh, they were uh, talking a lot about uh, computational photography. Um, uh, you know, things that, you know, all these new smartphones coming out and uh, with, with, their, with their two lenses and their, their com- computers in them that sense depth and stuff like that. So uh, that has all ended up in Chris and I uh, launching a new podcast, which we are going to call The Future of Photography. That's film, isn't it? The future of photography, eh? Oh, film's yeah. certainly in it, isn't it? Absolutely. We've got <laughs> we've got almost as many new films this year as we've got digital cameras. <laughs> so what's, what's your general approach going to be in this new podcast, Aid? Well, that's, that's a good question. First of all, everybody should go to thefutureofphotography.com and subscribe. <laughs> because as Is we it... record this, the first three shows, I think, have been published this evening. Oh, my God. When did you record these? Oh, well, you know, we had a few five. Yeah, we um, mo- most of them were recorded in Kathmandu, actually. Ah, um, okay. <laughs> so uh, we had um, we had a couple of days in Kathmandu when we were on our way home from Bhutan. So so we uh, sat around and drank beer in the sunshine and recorded podcasts just just for fun. And, and so, uh, are you going to be podcasting weekly? Uh, well, they 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 will go out weekly. Yes. Um, th- so these are these are going to be slightly shorter format than uh, the Sunny Sixteen podcast, um, uh, <laughs> which wouldn't Rumble. be hard. <laughs> which <wouldn't... laughs> so um, as I look at them, uh, I think uh, there was a there was a show zero, which was just a, an introductory uh, conversation, really. But the first couple of proper shows, and and we published show zero as well. The first couple of proper shows are just over twenty minutes long each um and so uh yeah and we're going to be picking a uh, a single theme uh around the future of photography um uh to talk about each week uh so the first uh, proper one show number one is is so some thoughts on computational photography and uh you know, sort of explaining what that is and and how it impacts the way that we all shoot today um and the second one was on uh, depth um how cameras calculate depth so that that one's a little bit more on the technical side uh but we're going to try and focus on yeah how a pun not intended excuse me try and focus on how some of these new gizmos and gadgets can help you take better photographs not better than film of course <laughs> just <laughs> better than most digital cameras <laughs> So, so listeners, get your flaming torches and your pitchforks ready. And, <laughs> Before there's a riot. Yes. Yeah. Somebody run out into a field and build a wicker man. <laughs> uh, that's, I will subscribe and listen to it. I will, I will absolutely check it out. Yeah, well, absolutely. That, and we wish you all the best with that. That sounds like a really interesting new venture for you, Aid. Well, thank you. Yeah, it is. It's going to be it's going to be fun. I mean, you know, I've always said on this show that, you know, um, I, I, I find it hard to love digital cameras. Um, and I certainly take better photographs at this point in time with film cameras than I do with digital cameras. But, um, you know, there's some fun stuff that can be had with with some of these uh, these strange newfangled computer things. Um, and so we're going to talk about that and see where we get to. Who knows? Awesome. So three episodes out now. And what was it called again, Aid? It's called The Future of Photography. Uh, so anybody that's interested should go to thefutureofphotography.com, uh, which is our website and where you can listen to the shows. You can stream them or subscribe to the RSS feed. You can, of course, uh, get it on iTunes or any other podcast catching app of your choice um, on any platform as well. So uh, just search for The Future of Photography on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. So Graham and I will be waiting with bated breath for our invites to come along and do an interview. 
Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, so so this is the this is, yeah yeah just yeah don't think of it as a a digital photography podcast. It is a podcast about things that are happening in the world of photography and where it's where this is taking us. So I kind yeah, of wasn't we've... meaning that really. I was meaning just us. You probably don't want to talk to us. Oh, it? don't be daft. <laughs> don't be daft. Of course, we want it's... to talk to you. Is this a good time to announce? I am actually starting my own uh, new podcast as well. Uh, it's called um, It's called Everything Is Bullshit, and every <laughs> week I'm going to be going through and I'm going to just be listing all the things in photography that I think are bullshit this week. Um, so, so how is that different that. from Sunny Sixteen? Because <laughs> because age because we're here to sort of like dampen that down and balance it out slightly. Whereas you know if we just let Graham off the leash and he just goes for it, this could you're going to go viral, Graham. I can tell right now. It's going to be great. Everything is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so new theme tunes then. <laughs> yeah. Well. So 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 uh, yeah. I might uh, I might sneak the new theme tune to the Future of Photography podcast on at the end of this show. So if anybody wants to hear what that sounds like, have a listen to the end of this. Yeah, sounds good to me. I, I, we haven't heard it yet because you weren't able to figure out how to play it through the... <laughs> I love the fact that you're on a, a, a technical podcast about the future of uh, computational stuff and you can't even figure out how to play it's the tune down the computer. Hmm. <laughs> uh, doesn't bode well. <laughs> Happily, it's not me doing the production on this one either. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah anyway if anybody uh, yeah i would love for listeners to check it out um and if you like it subscribe because um you know it's going to be going out weekly from now on hey right moving on there moving on we've got a whole bunch of other stuff in the uh in the show notes um uh, so i tell you what we'll do um let's take just a quick little break and then come back and go through our items of interest and emails from listeners mm. Right, okay, uh, we have some updates, not just about us and the stuff that we're up to, but about real people in the real world. <laughs> Rach, first over to you. Uh, yeah, just a quick little update, actually, from um, Stephen Dowling, who runs Cosmo Photo. Um, they, he's in the middle of um, packaging and posting a load of the first batch of his new Cosmo Photo film. Um, the second batch is going to be due out in January, hopefully, and at that point it'll also be available in stores in Europe and beyond, which is very exciting. Um, this was actually a Kickstarter that I I backed myself um, earlier on as a uh, sort of like pre-order, and I've got I think nine rolls due in the post anytime any day Whoa. now. So uh, yeah, very exciting. So that's going to go in. It probably need its own little shelf in the fridge or in the tin bath, which is where I store all of my film and chemicals doesn't it get wet um, in there <laughs> there's no there's no bath water in the tin bath <laughs> that would just be ridiculous i have a, I, so i picture you now living in some sort of red brick terraced house and in the backyard next door exactly to next next door to the privy is is your outdoor bathroom <laughs> don't know, you don't know how close you are with that ode you really don't oh, it's you guys haven't north. been to visit me yet have you you've not been up to well i'm not going to now oh, <laughs> I, 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 i'm not going to mention to Sinead the you know because we are going to come and visit you in february so call, call me a soft southerner but i prefer my toilet inside these days <laughs> <laughs> no i don't actually use the bath 
for ba- for bathing. It's, uh, <laughs> I don't it's, actually use the bath. No, yeah, once for... a year whether you need to or not. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, shall we move on? Fine. Um, so that I thought it was the most ingenious place to to store my film and my chemicals. I thought that was a good idea. It's on slate. It's nice and cold. It means that I've got unlimited. Well, I say unlimited space. Space of a bath, at least. <laughs> Unlimited space until the bath is full. Exactly. I mean, by its very definition, quite limited. (laughs) The infinite bathtub. But it means at least I can put food in my fridge, you see. Okay, moving on, moving on. All right, that's enough about about Rachel's bath habits. Uh, Okay, so Cosmo Photos out, excitingly, will be delivered soon. And um, second batch in January, hopefully. So that's great, because it will actually be in stores too. So you'll be able to walk into a proper shop and buy it off the shelf, which is always nice to know. um, the other little update that I have is about Emulsive Secret Santa. Secret Santa is go. Woo. Um, we had a little update from M. He says that the uh, registration's closed yesterday. There's now 779 players committed um, in 46 countries, which is amazing. Um, He says it's a real community effort. Um, They got the numbers up this year and there's 15 confirmed sponsors, maybe another two to announce in the next couple of days. So keep an eye on at Emulsive Secret Santa. Yeah, I'm going to have to start looking for stuff to collect up for whoever I'm posting to. We we should hear in the next couple of days where we're sending stuff. And um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to putting together a package of whatever tour I can find. No, that'd be great. I'm going to make an effort, I promise. <laughs> that was a given. You really didn't need to say that. Now you've just got everybody doubting. <laughs> okay, so over to Graham for his news. Go on, what's your update for us? Okay, well, this bit of news I saw um, floating around the internet. I think um, Bellamy over at Japan Camera Hunter put an article about it, and there's a few bits. But basically... Uh, Polaroid have been sending threatening letters to Fujifilm um, saying that if Fuji do not start paying them millions of dollars in royalties for using their um, square shape, the, you know, that, that kind of distinctive Polaroid-esque square shape frame, um, then they are going to take them to court. Um, and Polaroid has responded by basically going, sad um and saying uh let me see if i can find the quote here um you mean fuji fuji have responded fuji, yes fuji yes saying that basically polaroid is trying to milk its ip portfolio after failing to make money through selling actual products um uh, is what it says in the article i'm reading here um so yeah that, that's about all there is to say um i'm I had a quick look into this and I'm not sure Polaroid is going to be very successful with this because I don't think they were ever actually able to trademark that shape. I think they tried and sort of failed in the past. So um, we, we will see. Uh, but it's just vaguely interesting that uh, they're going after Fuji. I don't think it'll make much difference to anything. But uh, there you go. This, this takes me back to the um, uh, the quiz, the Polaroid quiz that you gave yes. us actually, Graham. And um, there was somebody else um, in the midst of a uh, a court action with uh, with Polaroid that was at that Kodak, point, yes. and that was Kodak, which is a nice segue to Jason. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about the Kodak Ektachrome. Yes, exciting stuff, guys. Kodak Ektachrome is being dug up; it's been revived, and it's obviously coming back our way. Um, hopefully, beginning of 2018. Um, if you go on to Twitter and go to hashtag Kodak which is a bit of an unusual name um, you can find their podcast on there and you can listen to that and there's some information about obviously what their progression is so far with it 
um, or you can go on to Kodak.com and find more information. But yes, it's being tested as we speak, and it should be on its way, hopefully, sort of by the beginning of next year. It's exciting Thanks. stuff sounded like the actual photos are, are are literally of people standing there looking like scientists are they in white lab coats have you watched stranger things <laughs> oh yes it's like that <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah no white coats and basically this big realm of emulsion by the looks of it and they're looking over it and testing it so it's all exciting stuff i can't wait for it to come back i have to say i'm not i don't shoot a lot of color and stuff like that but the codex chrome is uh yeah yeah i'm looking forward to it coming back and being revived it was great actually listening to that most recent episode of um, the Kodakarokoron on Kodakari, Kodakari, that is it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. um, um, podcast because um, they had the guys on there who are you know making it happen and the the enthusiasm for what they're doing is palpable. Um, you know they're, they're excited about creating their insight about shooting it and it was also really interesting to hear why it went away because it was just. You know, it wasn't viable in the way they were producing it. And the reason that they're bringing or how they're able to bring it back is because they're essentially building a smaller scale production line for it so that they haven't got these great big machines that need to be turned on and make a million miles of the stuff at the time. They can make a smaller run of it, which is, you know, they're adapting. Kodak are adapting to deal with the the film market as it is today. And it's great to see. Um, Yeah. So absolutely check that out. It was um, very enjoyable. And um, uh, uh, what a year for film, guys. I mean, you know, all these new films we've had this year are coming out. You know, it's just amazing. Yeah. Long may continue. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Although I have to say, am I the only one um, who thinks that Kodakery is a cocktail where the major ingredient <laughs> is D76? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, I'd try it. Can I have a, a, a strawberry? Can I have a strawberry Kodakery? <laughs> as long as it's not a cyanotype, that. I think we might be alright. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> mix it up with that. <laughs> okay, yes. For the avoidance of doubt, listeners, don't drink the chemicals. <laughs> don't, no matter what any of us might say. Right. Okay. Look, I don't think anybody heard that. I think I got away with it. So let's move quickly on to emails. Graham, have you got any emails? We certainly have. Um, Rach, why don't you take this first one from Andrew Bartram? I sure will. He says, hello, Sunbeams. On my way to Glasgow for a work conference and finishing up listening to the wonderful Isabel Curtis got me thinking about one of my large format projects that I started this year on World War Battlefields. The Toyo 45A came with me and a friend to, is it Wipress in the spring of this year? Ypres. Ypres, isn't it? Ypres. Ypres or Ypres? Not Wipress. Ypres. Okay, sorry. Eep. <laughs> um, it went there uh, with the friend in the spring of this year, and I quickly realised I was making images of empty fields, farmers' cottages, factories and industrial estates, and at the same time wondering what lies beneath. This has become the subject of a project that will now be revisited in the spring of 2018, this time near Help. Bayo. <laughs> okay, uh, where we will focus on World War II sites. But, and here's the difference, on the first trip I used the field camera's movements to capture full details front to back. This time I will use tilts and swings to isolate detail as Isabel does in her work. Not so much what lies beneath, but what lies beyond. Prints will be made into box sets with type notes and thoughts accompanying them. So the project will evolve. He says, what lies beneath can be seen at my blog, which is andrewbartram.wordpress.com which is where I try to show my themed work as opposed to the scattergun um, Instagram and Flickr. 
he says i'd be interested to hear what projects you guys have um have to follow on from the wonderfully brilliant myopic me series and aids portraits of mates not sure what rach did dot 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 (laughs) (laughs) thanks andrew um glad all the gang are back together although m was rather good keep up the good work says andrew um just just before we come on to your responses to that i I was going to say i saw his um shots that he'd set, that he put up on Instagram of the hand type notes and things that he's done on his on his typewriter, and uh, in his drawing little handmade maps and all sorts of things, and these are going to be such beautiful, beautiful things, uh, works of art, you know. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm I'm fully on board with that, Andrew. Even if you were a bit mean with that. <laughs> Last little question. Well, no, so, um, so was... in your defence, right? I was going to jump to your defence, Rach, actually, because what he's referring to is projects that we kicked off in January this year, which was before yes. you were part of the show anyway so 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 uh you know just just to just to set that right so uh, this is i'm really interested in this i had a quick look at the what lies beneath web uh, post on his on his website mm-hmm. um i've been on holiday to not not to uh, i can never remember whether it's pronounced ypres or just ypres um but i uh, i haven't been there but i have been on holiday near bayer um, and that's where you get a lot of um, it's around that area is where there's a lot of the uh, D-Day landing beaches mm-hmm. um, and uh, there's quite some history there um, so I, I'm really intrigued by this uh, using this project using this project to sort of you know question and think about what's what what is uh there and what is the history of these places because there are some uh amazing and terrifying at the same time stories uh, associated with a lot of these areas so yeah andrew i'm really interested about this project thank you yeah absolutely and and apologies for butchering the the beautiful french words (laughs) there so it's all right i don't think we have any listeners in france so we'll probably get away with it (laughs) (laughs) this is why graham wanted me to read this one out isn't it oh see yeah (laughs) no i i do love i we you know we've we've talked on various occasions with various people about the end product of our photography and i love what andrew what andrew's end product is you know the fact that he's got these beautifully bound boxes with stuff and it's just it's um it's, it's wonderful and uh also i i as the only one that really needs to i'm gonna say thank you uh, andrew for your, for your description of my project from uh, this year uh, he's a uh, very supportive of it far more than i am of my own project and you know and i have actually been giving some think thoughts thinks to this i've been giving some thinks <laughs> to this um because maybe we need to you know kick off 2018 with some projects as well for, for me to also make drag on for a whole year but uh, we'll come back to that some other time mm. um hey do you want to take the next one from toby van Dam? oh yeah okay uh, i shall do that indeed so uh let's have a look oh i've scrolled to the wrong point oh here we go right uh hi beamers hi tobe <laughs> um i have started to clear the paper negative backlog i've had building up recently by scanning into my computer both my ceramic pinhole images and what i have been making in my hasselblad I wonder, I wonder how how frustrating that is because I've sensed uh, in some of Toby's emails some frustration with this ceramic pinhole project. So I hope it's going well. Um, I am on standby to flood the internet with images I have exposed in what I am hoping is a turn of the last century vibe. Excellent. Oh, we'll look forward to seeing the results of that. I love history. I love cameras. I love photography. I am trying to combine this into my personal project to make them to make modern-ish dated Victorian-ish feeling analog images with a dash of Photoshop to finish them off 
I'm contact printing my phase as well to keep it real. Okay, good stuff. Isabel Kurds was a great interview and I've chatted with her on Twitter this week. She's very interesting and her work is beautiful. Those things are both true. Um, I didn't get to talk to her myself, but I did listen to the show. So <laughs> um, I'd be happy to help with organising a Sunny 16 podcast zine. Yes. If you three think the idea has legs. Uh, Have you had any interest from other listeners in the idea? TTFN Tobe. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? Because I think all three of us have thought there'd be a brilliant idea and none of us have given it any legs. So, so, (laughs) Tobe, if you've got the legs, let's let's bring it. Actually, go on, Graham. Gone. Well, Let's we, sort of say, we did also get um, contacted by somebody else who was volunteered to help us out with this, and that is the uh, delightful Barnaby Nuts, who um, on Twitter got in touch and said he'd be up for helping us put this together as well. So we're starting to put together a, a little um, posse of awesome dudes uh, and dudettes. Well, so far just Thanks. dudes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously you're you're, you're chief oh, yeah. dudette. Hello. Um, <laughs> um, well, I mean you've got to do something first, Rach. Um, because, you know, I'm not sure what Rach did. I mean, we don't want that to be your epitaph on your grave. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> um, so, actually, Barnaby has been very kind and has sent over to me a copy of his zine that he's recently had um, uh, been printed. So, you know, he'd sent over a message on Twitter and what have you, and he sent me over a copy. So I'm hopefully going to pick that up tomorrow when I'm in the office. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing that and what we might be able to produce. Awesome. Splendid stuff. So yeah, so I mean, we're getting people uh, offering to help us do it. Now we just need to figure out what it is that we're doing, and we'll be away. This, <laughs> this sounds like twenty-seven zine might not just have been something we waffled about at the beginning of the year. Then <laughs> it's possible, but you know, we're running out of time fast on this. It, it was all planned. Not. Any minute all... now, you'll say we're going to do a new round of the cheap shots challenge. <laughs> Uh, I've, yeah, you know what? That, that will happen, but I'm not trying to cram that in just yet because even though I'm not that crazy. Um, Next email, uh, I'll read this for that because it's nice and short, is from Ed Worthington, the six million P man. Buonasera. Thought I'd email you lot again, although mainly so you'll read this out while I'm listening to you again while I'm waiting <laughs> for a train on an Italian train station, as I've been doing for the past couple of weeks. Well, it must be nice, mustn't it, Ed? <laughs> sanity is being maintained through podcasts. This is an interesting definition of sanity. Um, Anyway, I really enjoyed hearing about AIDS Adventure, as it shall henceforth be called, especially as I'm on my own one a week into my three-week trip around Italy and have shot 19 rolls of film so far. So I guess I win there compared to how many he managed. (laughs) Just just slightly, yeah, wow. (laughs) Um, Oh, unless they're medium format, I was shooting 36, yeah, exposure, 35 mil film, so... Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll wait and see. We don't know whether or not uh, Ed's winning or not. Um, yeah. We'll. we'll wait. I think Ed's mostly a thirty-five millimeter shooter, though, from what I've seen of his work. Um, uh, so yeah. Thank you very much. Oh, so it's P.S. I think H. Achel. Achel. That's <laughs> your name now. I think Achel may have just gone a bit mad and accidentally liked every image on my Instagram <laughs> in the last couple of minutes. So <laughs> Rachel clearly had an Instagram seizure. <laughs> <laughs> And um, oh, and one final email that came in, which I forgot to add the thing. Let me just find it quickly. <clears throat> uh, hi, Rach and Aid, and the other one whose name I forget. <laughs> just thought I'd let you know all the cool kids attach their cameras and bags to and around their waists. I look ace and know it. Aid probably looked even more ace in combo with the hiking trousers. I bet he knew it too. 
Also, can you tell the one with my camera? He's got about 10 days before I want my camera sending to Alan Starkey at cameraworksuk.com. Thanks, Hamish, epitome of sartorial elegance, Gil. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for that, Hamish. Some of that, not sure, I believe. Um, uh, I actually had a quick look at the place he wants me to send his camera on to once um, I've, I'm done with it. I've got enough time to shoot one more roll of film with it before I send it away. But, um, yeah, the Camera Works UK um, website looks like a great place if you need to send likes off to be repaired. Uh, it looks wonderful. Um, and I might actually get in touch with them because I quite have a chat to them about what it is to keep cameras going in 2017 when they may have been built. I think I need to like it before I can send it off to be repaired. (laughs) Yeah, true, true. Um, uh, Anyway, that does us for emails this week, Aid. So, uh, yeah, thank you. Well, I tell you what, are you enjoying the Leica? Uh, yeah, I am. I, you know, we'll, Hamish is going to join us for Christmas, so I'll talk about it more um, before then. Um, I'm hoping to get a chance to shoot it a bit more intensively before I do post it off, because at the moment it has been a case of grabbing literally one or two frames a day, and I would like to try and rapid fire it a bit. Um, but I'm hoping next weekend I might get an opportunity to find as high a speed film as I can and go out and um, uh, go out in the evening with it. So we shall see. We shall see. But yeah, it's it's good. It's good. Turns out not crap, so that's nice. I'm not sure it's as good as that split cam, but it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I tell you what, uh, oof, uh, I think uh, there's just time, I think, before we close the show to mention uh, our extra little show, um, which uh, I guess uh, Rachel and Graham, uh, I, well, Rachel, let's, let's hear from Rachel. Rachel, you were on that show. I didn't get to do that little extra show uh, that we published a couple of days ago, but. Um, you know, uh, I think uh, it. I listened to it. It sounded very interesting. Yeah, thanks very much. Um, we were lucky enough to grab a, a few minutes with uh, Constantin, who is one of the co-founders of Silbera uh, Film. So he was talking us through where they'd come from, how they'd set up the, the business, and um, the fact that they, you know, no matter what, I think the tagline from it was, no matter what, we're here to stay, and this is what they do. Um, so they have product ready to go um, they already have an online shop where they sell their chemicals obviously jason who we've had on today has uh, has also talked about um their their lovely films and, and what they do so it was really nice to actually get some information um and you know some insight from somebody from uh, behind the scenes so that was our little extra show we wanted to make sure that we got that in uh, got that conversation happening and got the show out before the Silbera Indiegogo came to an end because I think that's happening soon. Um, Jason, do you know which day it actually finishes? I'm afraid I don't, but it is very soon. I think it's about four or five days, isn't it? Okay. So any last sort of minute, you know, um, pledges for, for that would be wonderful because obviously it's all about keeping film alive. Absolutely. Ooh, can I just sorry, just mm. very quickly because I just suddenly it popped into my brain, um, entirely unrelated to the thing that Rachel was just talking about. Um, but I'm really sorry. Just very quickly throwing it back to Hamish, um, who sent us that lovely email. Um, I just learned, like literally just before we started recording, that um a gentleman by the name of Roger Hicks, who is somebody who has written, I think, something like 30 photography books in his lifetime and is also a regular contributor to Amateur Photography um, magazine, is going to be contributing articles towards the 35 MMC website. So how cool is that? Um, so, yeah, that check that great. out. Yeah, Congrats, Hamish. That's, yeah. that's great. Yeah, awesome news. I, I said to Hamish, how on earth did you make that happen? He said, I, I asked him. 
Oh, well, there you go. That would do it every time, turns out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only life were always that easy. Uh, but well done, Hamish. Yeah. Okay, right. So, uh, at the risk uh, of opening it all up again, before we close the show, is there any other business? Um, no, I'll wait till you're halfway through the outro and then I'll think of something. <laughs> there was a word from Jason there. Go yeah. on, Jason. What was that? Can I just mention about Silberia Film? Obviously, they've got four days left in total. Mm-hmm. Um, they've raised 24% of their money they want to raise. Um, so, you know, it starts at $5, guys. You know, you know, it's the price of a coffee and a, maybe a little sweet or something. So, you know, stop a coffee for a day and donate to these guys and help them out. Let's get them going. Let's get them into the mainstream. You know, they really are passionate about what they do. And my experience of their film so far is pretty fantastic. And it was very exciting to see. Um, they they teased a couple of photos this week of uh, a website that was clearly going to be able to supply film to the rest of the world as well. They're getting geared up to that. So, you know, yeah. if, if, if you if you either have already contributed towards the campaign or um, if you haven't been able to and you, your finances are not there, very soon you're going to be able to buy film from them and contribute that way because at the end of the day, that's buying from them is also putting money in their pockets to help them keep doing it, so excellent good yes good way to good way to end the show with a shout out to silbera right okay so uh that is the end of the show then um as always uh you can get in touch with us on the internet uh we are the sunny 16 podcast <laughs> and you can find us on instagram twitter occasionally facebook uh, uh often Flickr, or you can email us, us at sunny 16 podcast at gmail.com uh, we like to say thanks every week to Chris at pixelatedphotographer.com for hosting the podcast. And uh, we also like to say uh, thank you to Rachel's band, Rocha. Um, Rach, has, has Graham been making you say thank you to yourself and doing yes. your own credit every week? <laughs> I know. I, I, pi- know. I picked up on that. I was like, what's that all about? Uh, so, so, so I think just for once this week, Graham should say thank you to Rocha for their music. Thank you so much to Rocha for their wonderful music, especially to Rachel, who is my favourite member of that band by a long way. (laughs) The rest of them are just hanging on to her coattails. And you can find um, their music from their latest album, which is Promises I Should Have Kept, Could Have Kept, Might Have Kept, I can't remember, (laughs) um, on uh, iTunes and Amazon, but not Spotify. There you go. (laughs) okay and on that note that really is the end of the show so thank you again to jason for being our marvelous guest this week uh we shall talk to you again next week goodbye goodbye Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> give it more oomph jason come on sorry <laughs> goodbye <laughs> The future of photography.
exploring the ways new technology can help you make fantastic photos.